Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello and welcome to the Cannon Cast, a Columbus Blue Jackets podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm PD. I'm joined today by Dale Bloom. We write for the Cannon at jacketscannon.com. Check out our site for our written content. Also check out forhockeyfans.com for content like ours from our friends all across the league. It is definitely turning to fall. It's getting like hoodie weather here in Columbus. It was dark by you know, a little after seven o'clock. So that means one thing. That means it's time for hockey. And after all this off-season drama and everything we talked about last week, finally, late last week, over the weekend, the Jackets are on the ice. There's actual hockey content to discuss. Uh, are, are you as relieved about this as I am, Dale? I am. It it, it felt like a long off-season. Yeah. Things were real quiet after... Uh, the draft and free agency and it's been it's been nice to jump back in yeah for sure so there is one sort of an off-ice thing to talk about first a bit of news that broke on monday afternoon the jackets have hired a new assistant coach mark recce uh he is taking the position of the you know forwards and power play coach that had been held by pascal vincent and was meant to be held by pascal vincent this season but obviously with his promotion to head coach we had that opening 
Um, he, Mark Recchi, of course, had a Hall of Fame career as a player, played over 20 years for a bunch of teams, uh, won three cups. Uh, let's do a little bit of a trivia here, Dale. How many of Mark Recchi's teams can you name off the top of your head? Well, this is cheating a little bit because I did look uh, at his career <laughs> earlier today. But um, so Penguins yeah. um, and Flyers, um, I know he did end his career with the Bruins. Um, so right. so that's that's what, three or four? Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say uh, he did play for the Thrashers, no? He did for half of a season. Yep, yep, yep. And I know there's a couple others in there too. So I, I know that he played for six or seven teams total. You missed uh, Montreal, Carolina, and Tampa. So Mark Recchi is a Pocketoku superstar. Uh, also noteworthy for being one of the handful of players to have won three cup rings with three different teams. Again, can you rattle those off there, Dale? Which I, That would be the Penguins, um, the Bruins. Yes, in his final year was when they won in 2011. Yep. Was Penguins right? Yes, the and 91 then... Penguins. Hurricanes? Yep, the 2006 Ooh, Hurricanes. nailed it. So, very good. Uh, so, he is, uh, since he had retired after the 2011 season, he was an advisor and development coach for the Stars and the Penguins. Then he joined the Penguins behind the bench for three seasons as an assistant, working under Mike Sullivan, who I, anyone who's from the Mike Sullivan tree, I'm a fan of. He then spent two years in New Jersey, and uh, there were a lot of, Devils fans in the replies on Twitter when the Jackets posted this announcement, basically saying that um, I got the impression Mark Recchi is basically their version of Brad Larson in terms of the power play was really bad. In fact, the power play those two years was worse than the Jackets each of those two years. So uh, is that is that alarming to you or are you going to give them a pass because those Devils were not very good? It certainly is a little bit alarming, and I think that um, people have every right to point that out and be a little worried about that. Um, For me personally, I'm not too worried about it just because I think what he could potentially bring to the young forward group uh, may outweigh whatever happens with the power play. Um, And I mean that in a couple ways. This team isn't making the playoffs this coming year. This is a development year. Um, It would be above and beyond our expectations if they were competing for a playoff spot at the end of the season. So really they're, we're focusing on the development of our young players and Adam Fantilli and Ken Johnson and Chinakov and Marchenko and, and all those guys. Um, and what Recky can bring to those guys, I think could be invaluable. You know, he, he coached Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, um, but he's a hall of fame player. I mean, you're talking about a guy who played, um, sick, what, sick, over 1,600 games in the NHL and was almost a point-per-game player. Uh, that's that's beyond insane. And um, he, he coached, uh, see, Hisher and Jack Hughes in, in uh, New Jersey. Um, so even if the power play just doesn't end up being that great, um, what he could bring to some of these young players developmentally could could outweigh any of that, in my opinion. Yeah, Eddie coached Damon Severson as well there in New Jersey. And for his career, he scored 200 power play goals. So certainly he knows what it's like to be on successful power plays. And and yeah, it's great. he scored so many points, and he did a lot of that in the dead puck era. So that that's also, I mean, yeah, he's kind of a guy that maybe 
is kind of forgotten about. Certainly that was before I was watching hockey. So the name doesn't ring as much to me, but uh, I think he maybe deserves a little bit uh, more respect from the casuals like myself. But uh, the big thing that I'm happy about is that the jackets brought someone in from outside the organization. And as far as I can tell, I don't know. I don't think he's got any close connections with Yarmo or JD or Vincent or, or anyone else like that. This is an outsider. And that's something I was concerned about after Babcock's departure was one thing Babcock was bringing was a fresh set of eyes to this. And if we were just going to go into the season with all people that had been part of, you know, last season and the year before, are we going to have some blind spots? So even though Rick is coming in here a little bit late into camp and preseason, he's going to have a new perspective on things. And that's going to really help Vincent a lot. The fact that he worked with guys like Sullivan and Lindy Ruff, you know, he's going to be able to bring in expertise from those great coaches, Jack Adams winners. Um, and I was looking at some of the advanced stats for him and, and the hockey viz heat maps for the power play those years in New Jersey. And it seems like the biggest uh, weakness there was a lack of shots around the crease. And that's where I feel like having a weapon like Boone Jenner, that is one of his biggest strengths is parking in front of the net. So if Boone can continue doing Boone things, maybe that can make up for, you know, something that New Jersey lacked in those years. All right. So speaking of scheme and things like that, the Jackets had a open scrimmage on Saturday and then they had two preseason games on Sunday. So there were a couple things that jumped out at me, and I wrote about this in my recap. Um, one thing that really stood out being there in the arena on Sunday, and I think will help the power play, there seemed to be a concerted effort to get the puck to the middle of the ice, to get make passes into the slot, where as opposed to just you know skating in down the side, firing shots in from the circles, they were trying to get the puck into the middle. Now, it led to a lot of block shots by Pittsburgh. It's a real imbalance in block shots. But I think that's just going to be a result of that. But I also think you're going to get better shots on goal and better rebounds from there as well. So uh, I'm really excited about that. Was there anything schematically that jumped out to you that looked to be different from what we've seen the last two years? Yeah, there seemed to be an emphasis on quick exits out of the zone, and that was that was really great to see. Yeah, um, sure. There was definitely a, a better sense of urgency in getting out of the zone, um, and you know it certainly helps when you have some puck movers back there, which you know we didn't see a lot last season because of a lot of injuries. Um, but you know when you've got a Matejuk, you've got a Sfozel, um on top of guys like Warinsky and. Uh, Provorov and and uh, Severson, you know, these guys can move the puck. And it's certainly nice to see that. Um, and some of the young guys, too, there's a lot of more skill skill prospects uh, in this organization than there used to be. These are guys that can get the puck, keep it on their stick, uh, make quick outlet passes and, and get through the neutral zone. So um, that did stand out to me. Yeah, absolutely. The, the exits are really important. That's something that we struggled at so much Um you mentioned Severson. I want to talk about him a little bit too, because he's one of these new additions, but one of these veteran additions. Um, he had one really bad mistake that happened in front of me. That was a turnover right in front of the goal. 
And that was concerning, but that seems to be the scouting report for him that was, you know, mentioned when I had John Fisher from All About the Jersey on this podcast this summer that, you know, Severson's mostly a very good defender and he does a lot of things well, but he's prone to some really awful defensive zone turnovers. And so you just have to accept that there's going to be, you know, one or two of those every game, but, you know, in aggregate, there's going to be more, more positives than negatives. And I just think he's going to be a real steadying presence. He's just a very calm player. He is where he needs to be. And just the fact to be able to have someone like him on the first or second pair just makes me feel so much better about the defensive depth. Yeah. His puck retrieval behind the net and overtime um, that, actually, actually made me kind of do a double take. And I was like, because he, I didn't, I didn't notice it was him at first. Yeah. Um, because it was a really, really good play. Uh, it was yeah, a play that, that maybe, uh, you know, maybe the only other person on the roster right now that makes that play is Wierenski. Um yeah. And it was huge at, at getting uh, that OT winner. Yeah. And, and a, a more of a, physical defensive type of play than you maybe expect from his profile, but it was a tremendous steal and very huge in sort of tipping the ice there in that, in that overtime period, for sure. Um, the other defender that I want to talk about that I really enjoyed watching on Sunday night was Denton Matejchuk. This kid is, I think ahead of schedule. I did not think that he was going to be, pro ready yet, but he looked really comfortable out there. Um, he's, you know, he is a small guy, um, not like Blankenberg small, but he's definitely, you know, smaller than Wierenski or Severson or guys like that, but he doesn't play small. His positioning is so good. You know, they raved about his skating when he was a prospect. And I don't know that I saw his, you know, straight ahead, you know, max speed ever come into play, but he's a quick player. And I think he didn't have to skate really fast because he was never out of position, but his skating was not just fast. It was smooth. He just kind of glided around the ice um, and got where he needed to be. And, you know, he had the puck skills. He was not afraid to put shots on net. Um, so I think that's going to be an interesting situation to watch because Aaron Portsline reported that not only are the Jackets going to look for perhaps a waiver for Jordan Dumais to play in Cleveland, but Denton Matejchuk as well could um could maybe get one of those waivers now that shane wright was granted one for the kraken um you know the, the jackets could pursue that option and i think both of those guys uh seem to be worth it um and we'll actually talk more about demay here after the break hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. 
Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. All right, we're back. So, Dale, I know you were a big Jordan Dumais fan on Sunday. Uh, now, I felt he was a little invisible until an overtime goal, but what did you see about him that you liked? What I really like from Jordan Dumais is that he is a smart player that thrives on being in the right position all the time. And you, you see it in a lot of his junior clips, a lot of his junior highlights. He's not a flashy player, surprisingly. He, he certainly has the puck skills. He's got a wicked shot, which we saw in overtime. Um, that was just an absolutely elite shot, uh, that the game winner, um, right over the shoulder, um, bar down. And but, but what you don't see from him is a lot of dazzle, like a Fantilli. Um, you see him, his head's on a swivel when he's in the D zone, when he's in the neutral zone. And when the puck gets on his stick, he is he doesn't hesitate. He is confident. He doesn't panic with it. And he usually finds a quick pass um, to get it up the ice. And what I saw from him on Sunday, because I did – I did watch him when he was on the ice, even away from the puck. And he was, there's, there was lapses. Don't get me wrong. He's, um, he's a 19 year old um, who has only played in junior. So, you know, you have to, you have to build in some, some leeway there when watching his game. But to me, his game is, is very mature. Um, You know, he led the team in um, all the advanced statistics for that game. um, Even though he, uh, he actually did struggle a little bit in the offensive zone, um, which I think Bobby Mack pointed out towards uh, at the end of the game, um, because he did get overwhelmed um, when the puck got on his stick in the offensive zone. Um, he wasn't able to make a lot of plays, um, but on the other parts of the ice, I was I was really impressed. He had a couple neutral neutral zone plays um, that maybe some other guys wouldn't have been able to corral the puck and keep possession, um, get an outlet pass up the ice. Those things are important. You know, we see a lot of times the points um, players getting assists and goals, but um, you know, especially these, these organizational scouts, when they're watching these games, they're watching these players do the little things. And I know they're certainly looking at that with Dumay trying to figure out, do we think he's ready for, um, the next step. And I certainly don't think he's ready for the NHL, but um, I thought that he, he, he showed a mature game given his age on Sunday. Yeah. And I, I agree with you that those things away from the puck are important um, and the defensive skills and the puck moving and all that. But for a guy like him with his production in juniors, I think what we want to see translate at some point is the offensive skill, the goals and the assists and things like that. And if he's not able, though, to get the space he needs in the offensive zone against NHL defenders, and let's be honest, that Pittsburgh roster was more of an AHL roster that he was going up against. Um, He needs to be able to create his own space to get those shots off. 
Otherwise, I think it could end up being a, an Emil Bemstrom situation where, you know, hey, uh, in Europe, he's got this great shot. It could score a lot. But in North America, he's never been able to just get enough shots off to show that skill. And so that would be my concern with Dume. I mean, I want to see him get there. I do agree that, yeah, he's definitely not NHL ready at this point. I do think he's got nothing left to prove in juniors. So um, Cleveland is where he needs to figure that out. But um, I'm glad that he had that overtime goal, though, because that did show when he had that room, when he had that time. And it's not like it was an easy goal. He, he had such a narrow window above the goalie's shoulder, and he just nailed it. And I think it seemed like everyone in the arena didn't realize at first that it went in. It like took a second and then like only the ref was signaling it. And it's like, Oh, Oh, he scored. Like that was, that was a great shot that again is elite NHL shot, but you know, can he produce that at, at five on five? You know, that's the kind of thing that I want to see from him. Yeah. And I think luckily, I think we're going to see a lot more of him in the preseason. I think they're going to ride him hard. Um, he's going to play multiple games because they, they want to, they want to know what they can, get out of him yeah um and he's probably eventually you know he played on what would be considered an ahl line with gonson um, yeah fix wolanski mm-hmm. uh on sunday i think probably at some point we'll see him with some nhl players um so we'll see what he can do when somebody else can create some time and space for him but yeah I, all your points are completely valid and i, I do think we're going to see more of him before he gets shipped to either juniors or or cleveland yeah, and that actually, and that whole line, I got to give them credit. They were a good energy line. I was a little skeptical when I first saw them get out there because it's like, wait a minute, you've got Dume and Fix Wolanski, who are both very undersized guys, and you usually don't see two such small players on the same line. Um, but Brendan Gauntz brought a ton of energy and was really good bringing the puck into the zone. Um, so I, I liked what I saw from that line. So if there could be a way for that line to play in Cleveland. Uh, I, I just in general, there's a lot of so much depth of talent that Cleveland is going to be very well set up here. So, and one other point I wanted to make, uh, just piggybacking on what you said about Dumay and, and his quick decisions, I feel like that's another thing that I noticed throughout the roster is we have got a lot of guys now who are quick with the puck. You know, there's not as much standing around letting plays develop. Guys are a lot more decisive in terms of we're skating with, we're, you know, we're skating with the puck, we're passing the puck, and we're getting it constantly up ice. Now, you know, I think I that feels like an observation I made either last year or the year before in preseason, and it, it didn't quite translate into the regular season. But hopefully, if as these skilled players uh, get the spots on the roster, get the minutes, um, that that can translate uh, into the regular season. All right, so with the time we have left, though, we have to talk about the big name here. This is our, you know, first chance in Columbus to actually see Adam Fantilli. And um, is Fantilli a great prospect or the greatest prospect? (laughs) Uh, uh, I don't know about greatest. (laughs) He's the greatest Blue Jacket prospect um, Mm -hmm. that the organization has ever had that I'll let you speak to it, Petey, because you were in the arena. Um, the kid's fantastic. He's yeah. he's he's everything um, that he was built to be, um, yeah. and and maybe even a little bit more for me, to be honest. I was expecting, you know, 
granted, we will see. He's going to play some preseason games against NHL rosters here at some point. Right. Um, so we'll see. But, man, does he look comfortable? Does he look like he belongs? There's no hesitation. There's confidence. Some of the plays that he's made, man, it, it gets you excited for, for what's coming. Yeah, he looks like a pro out there. He doesn't look like a kid that is a few weeks shy of his 19th birthday. And uh, he's, yeah, he was doing everything right. He's playing a 200-foot game. You know, we there's that story about how Patrick Line, you know, offered him a chance to crash at his place. So they've been, you know, roommates for a little bit here. And so then they've been line mates. Uh, they played together in the scrimmage and combined for two goals. And then they were uh, on ice for another goal uh, in the game on Sunday night. They are just, they're totally simpatico. And line A looks so re-energized. I mean, this is a line playing with a lot more intensity and urgency than we've seen from him, even in his hot streaks. Like there's just, there's another edge to line A's game here. And Fantilli is a guy that is playing at his pace and they're totally on the same page. They're the two goals on Saturday in the scrimmage were, were really interesting. Now, again, the, some, there was a lot of, you know, camp invites playing in that game and, you know, junior guys and stuff like that, but the first one was a great sort of back and forth where line A got the puck below the line, dished it to Fantilli, who was coming around from the other side behind the net. And then line A went right to the front of the net. And Fantilli saw was how the play was developing, came around the goal, passed it up front to line A, boom, right in there. So that kind of tic-tac-toe between those guys was great. The second goal was more on the rush. Line comes, you know, carrying in with speed, draws all the attention from the defense, from the goalie, but passes it across the ice. So again, these cross the slot, Royal Road passes, you know, and then Fantilli's right there on the back door to knock it in. Both of them excellent goals. Um, and again, these guys just so, totally understand how to work together. And um, and the Fantilli uh, said he got an assist on a goal to Alexander Texier, who also looked really good on their line. It's so good to see Texier back. He doesn't look like he spent any time away from the NHL or anything like that. I mean, obviously he was still playing, but he's still like very much a very useful Swiss army knife hockey player, any line, any position. Um, And then Fantilli also got penalty kill time in the preseason game which I was really excited to see. There were some shifts where it was him and Johnson as the two forwards. And I love this. I mean, this is something that Torts had success with putting guys like Cam Atkinson and Josh Anderson on the penalty kill, get these offensive skill players there that can make something happen shorthanded. And Fantilli had a play where, you know, he got the puck, he got it out of the zone. He skated it down the ice and then delivered a perfect drop pass in the slot to Carson Meyer. Um, Just amazing highlight real plays already but even the things that aren't making the highlight real are just Fantilli making the good plays he's battling for the puck his awareness is there he's always in the right spot there's going to be growing pains and I'm trying to remind myself about that I'm trying to keep my expectations low or just tempered a little bit but it's hard because everything he does is so good and you know like you talked about last week you know the reports that he was kind of stepping up in a leadership role in Traverse City and he's saying all the right things about loving Columbus and wanting to be in Columbus. And there was a shot, you know, they showed some like 
highlights from his, you know, from the draft or something, and then cut to him on the bench and line is next to him. And they're just kind of joking about stuff and, and he's just fitting in really well. And it's, this is the future of the team. And I'm really, really excited about that. You know, what really stood out to me uh, on Sunday and, and it wasn't, it wasn't the assists or um, some of his offensive plays. It was his skating. You know, we had read scouting reports talking yeah. about how good of a skater he is. He he might be the best skater on the team. He is fast. Yeah. He is shifty. And I, I especially noticed it, to be honest with you, in the defensive zone. Yeah. His feet are always moving in the defensive zone. Um, he's all he, he's able to square himself up to the puck very quickly. He's able to slide across the other side of the ice very quickly. Um mm-hmm. And I mean, he is just, he's an impressive skater. And, yeah. you know, we, we've talked many times about how he's probably a first overall pick any other year um, other than, than having Bedard. And obviously there's a whole Carlson thing of him going sure. in front of Fantilli, but he looks like a first overall pick out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, and there's, you know, certainly other players that have been number two, number three, and have had, have had good careers and, and that's the case too, where, you know, Patrick Line having been a number two overall pick and, you know, entered the NHL right away. So I'm sure he can provide that sort of off ice mentorship as well. But yeah, don't fancy like you can understand why he was raved about so much. You can understand why the Jackets did not hesitate to take him. He's he's just a perfect fit for what we need. And, you know, I think there was some speculation among fans were wondering, like, hey, well, Where's he going to start the season? You know, at what point will he become a 1C for this team? And honestly, I mean, if he's clicking this well with, with Line A, and I do think that they should stay together for preseason, like if they're going to click together, then keep them together. And if it's Fantilli and Line A, like that that can be your top line, right? Or at least if, if they're on a line but Goudreau's on a different line, then it's a 1A and a 1B. And whichever line is your top line on a given night, that can vary. It can depend on, you know, what teams are sending in terms of matchups or whatever. But gosh, I, I love that idea. I love that option. Like, okay, your top defensive pair, are you going to put it up against, you know, Jenner, Goudreau, and Marchenko or line A, Fantilli, and Johnson? You know, what, what pick your poison there. I, I don't know how you defend both of those lines in a game. I feel like that's what this team was missing the last couple seasons is not having secondary scoring yeah. uh, or having a secondary threat that other teams were worried about. And they're going to have that this year. Um, and depending on who ends, ends up on the third line too, there's going to be some skill on the third line, but uh, there's probably going to be instances where late in games, if you're down by a goal or two, you might see Johnny Goudreau end up next to Fantilli in, in line A. Uh, to try and get that push that extra goal home um, that's gonna that's gonna be a, an incredibly dangerous line I think you know you talked about growing pains there's gonna be question marks defensively especially when he's paired up with uh, top lines and other teams but I don't see how I don't see why things can't start going well for him offensively right off the bat I mean it looks like yeah. he's he's ready for it and the, you know at least it, on Sunday they put him on the first power play unit where he was I mean, it was pretty much four of the five that we expect to be on the top unit. And then it had Fantilli in the middle. And I really like that spot for him because he's got a good shot. 
and that's a position where right there in the middle, he can get quick passes and fire them right at the net. And if he's, if they're teaming up on him, then he can distribute to either, oh, I've got Lydie to my left, I've got Gaudreau to my right, I've got Wierenski behind me, or I can just fire it at the net, where if there's a rebound, Boone Jenner's going to clean it up. Like, that, <laughs> or, you know, if it, imagine, like, if it goes behind the net and Boone Jenner gets it, he's got those four options that he can pass you from behind the net. How do, how do you defend that? As a goalie, who are you looking out for? Like, this, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless as long as, you know, Vincent and Recky don't manage to screw it up like they have with the power play in the past. But um, that's where I think just talent, talent has to win out in that case, doesn't it? Yeah. You, you look at that group and outside of some of the established teams in the league, your Tampa's, yeah. your uh, Berg, who has the opportunity to put Latang Carlson, yeah. uh, Crosby and Malkin on the same power play unit, which is just insane. Yeah. Not fair. This is, this uh, in skill and talent, this is a top 10 power play, in my opinion. Yeah. There, I mean, Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Line, you know, we didn't see it work out a whole lot last year, though it did get better towards the end of the season. Um, but you add a healthy Wierenski and then Fantilli in the middle, which they've really had a hard time kind of filling that bumper yep. spot. Mm -hmm. um, and if he can fill that spot, I, I do think that it's going to, it's going to click. Maybe you don't see a top power play unit. There's going to be some growing pains, putting in new systems. But I'm gonna I'm gonna make a make a little bit of a prediction here. Yeah. <laughs> it probably might come back and, and bite me here. <laughs> I don't see how it's not a least league average in the middle somewhere. And and even that is is going to be a huge improvement over what we've we've seen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's you kind of hedged a little bit there. I was expecting a bolder peg. You know, go at least say like top five or something. Come on, let's go really crazy with it here. <laughs> hey, okay, so we're looking at the entire Blue Jackets history. There's, <laughs> we're talking what twenty-one seasons, twenty-two seasons. Yeah. How many times have they been top ten? Twice, once. I mean, it's yeah. it's. <laughs> Our history isn't working for us here. Yeah, I mean, I think there were some seasons where we were in the 20s and it was like the fourth or fifth best power play season in Jackets history. So it's a really low bar. So I'll, I'll, I'll accept league average. <laughs> All right, anything else to touch upon before we wrap it up? We, we spent some time talking about Fantilli. I do want to talk about your check real quick. Okay. Um, because he had a, a pretty good game. Um, you know, it was hard to watch that first game because of the technical issues. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of hard to pay attention. But his play on the game-tying goal, where he stole the puck, took it down the ice by himself, and then got it over to Owen Sillinger to tie the game, that was an incredible play. Yeah. Um, he he had a good showing stats-wise. Um, you know, this is what we want to see for him, from him. He needs to force his way into the lineup, and I think that he can. You know, the frustrating thing is, you know, we, we've talked – We've talked the bad things about Gabranson to death, but you know, it's it's hard for me to see if you're actually trying to ice the best NHL team that you yeah. can ice. It it, it has your check in it replacing Gabranson. You know, yeah. it probably isn't going to happen. But if you really are trying to ice the best team you can, I don't I don't see how you can't you can't do that as long as your check continues to kind of perform at that level um, going forward here in the preseason. Yeah, I, I want to see more of Yurachek playing with NHL level players in the preseason here uh, before I really make a determination there. But I've been saying all summer that I feel like he is ready just based on what he 
proved what he had to last year in Cleveland. That year was good for him being in the AHL, but um, I do think, yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to envision him not being among the six best defensemen. And I don't think that Branson is, but I don't, I don't want to belabor that point, but uh, I do want to see your check continue that throughout the preseason. And just lots of these players like make the decisions really hard for the coaching staff and management make, there's going to be some really hard cuts at the end of camp here. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good place to be in, in terms of organizational health for sure. And it's not going to end there either. Yeah. Uh, you look forward to the next summer and, and maybe even the summer of 25, um, you know, Fozel, Matejchuk, Yerichek, um, there's going to be some tough decisions and it's, it's only, it's only good things uh, moving forward. It's, it's nice to be in a position to, to kind of look forward to, to having that kind of talent in the future. And if we have some injuries, which inevitably there are going to be some injuries, hopefully not to the extent we had last year, but if we have some injuries, we've got better depth in Cleveland this time around to be able to fill in. And it's not going to be hopefully as much of a blow as it was last year when we were getting down second, third level on the depth chart and, you know, they just couldn't hang. So uh, that's another thing that I'm hopeful for that we can kind of hedge against that. So, all right. So we've still got a lot of preseason left to go. We've got games on Tuesday and Saturday. So please tune in to jacketscanon.com where we will have previews and game threads. You can, you know, as you're streaming those games, you can chat along with, uh, with all of us there and talk about these position battles as they're shaping up to see, you know, who's going to make the team, who's going to get paired up together. Uh, there's a lot to follow here in the next couple of weeks and, uh, and I'm excited for it. So, Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. For more content from the canon, check out JacketsCanon.com or follow us on Twitter at CBJCanon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Purley and the Howlin' Moons. Angela's new album, Turn Me Loose, is out now. Go to AngelaPurley.com for more music and show dates.